Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by my co-host Ryan Donnelly. And Ryan, we have a uh, we have a special guest this week that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the sticks off to you, and I think that you can I think you can intro him better than I can. Uh, Ryan, what do we got? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, you may know from the Commitment Issues podcast over there at Rivals. His overall work with the Rivals Network for I don't know a long time. What did you tell me in a second here? Or uh, or you may know him from his many, many Twitter fights, as many media members he can find. <laughs> We'd like to welcome uh, to the show uh, our friend Woody Womack. Woody, how's it going? Hey, guys. Yeah, great to be on. Yeah, I've been, I've, sadly, I've worked at uh, Rivals for like 10 years. <laughs> who, who would have thought? Well, you know, I, I do love my job, but I never thought I would be, uh, it would be a decade-long uh, decision when I came here, but uh yeah, I, I don't know. My Twitter beefs have calmed down. You know, I'm getting older. I can't. Uh, I That's can't. Right. People, people trying to fight. You know, you guys just see the Twitter beefs. You don't see, you know, people trying to fight me in person at seven on seven events because I, you know, put <laughs> them on Twitter or whatever. I'm, maybe Ryan, you've heard some of the voicemails I've received over the years. I, I've heard a voicemail or two in my time, and you know. Uh, I heard they have that new movie coming out of actually this year, right? The Last Duel. That's a, that's a true life story of Woody Womack. <laughs> hey, listen, here here's my problem. Okay, it's Twitter, like it's fun. Why do you guys? Why do people get so mad? They they love to say things, and there's a prominent, uh, you know, person who's involved in multiple companies who loves to to pop off. But it's like if you say anything back, it's like you. you insulted his family it's like why can't we just joke around then if you're going to take shots at me why can't i take shots at you like it's it's not the end of the world but i try to stay above the fray for the most part i mean i know uh i cracked a few jokes this week or whatever but i can't help myself (laughs) to to be honest just how it is trust me uh i I am not one known for my restraint on social media either i I am going to throw my stones as you're well aware and we have fun with it. Uh, speaking of, I know, I know you mentioned the story there. Just as a, you know, for no particular reason, I'm curious to ask you, um, do you have any favorite stories about any particular message board liar, just kind of general insane posts you've seen out there in recent memory? Well, <laughs> like, you know, we all have, like, you mentioned, you know, some doxing incidents, uh, you know, before it seems like before that was ter- a term that happened to me plenty of times, uh, you know, with like personal information getting out there and stuff like that. We always have like, you know, that message board uh, account where they're always posting, you know, funny stuff with some of these fan theories and kind of rationale. <laughs> I I really haven't had a whole lot of issues. I'm trying to think of the last time I really like flared up a fan base over something. Sometimes you'll tweet something. You won't even realize that a message board is like on fire. But, you know, during uh, there's plenty of them with the Tennessee fan base. I mean, uh, a lot of times these fans don't realize like how how well, you know, the kids, they think like maybe you see them three or four times and interview them. And then that's the extent of your relationship. But like, I mean, (laughs) you know, name the player. I have countless DMs back and forth where they'll make fun of other reporters. They'll make fun of other players. (laughs) I mean, Mac Jones being the a key example i mean he used to dm me other kids rankings and be like you really think this kid is better than me i mean and even when 
I remember when Trevor Lawrence got dropped from number two to, to number one or from number one to number two on 24 seven when they flip flopped him with Justin Fields. And he, he DM me and was basically like, I'd be better off just not doing anything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and I said, yeah, pro- you know, probably. But I, I think at that time I was like, you'll end up being number one again. I mean, obviously that was, a, that's still considered a debate, I guess you could say, but, uh, so when you tell fans something and you say, hey, this is what I'm hearing, they're like, oh, Woody's a fanboy. He wants he wants the kid to go to this school. It's like, no, I want I want to be right. I don't care who goes where. I just want to give the correct information. So, yeah, that's the that is I think that's, that's the, the one thing. thing that all all men on the Internet want at all times just to be right. Uh, it's all <laughs> it's all I could right. possibly ask for is being right online. Yeah. Uh, I want my uh, I want my internet points. You know that's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait for Mac Jones to start DMing you PFF grades and asking if people really think that Trevor Lawrence is better than him. Max, well, listen, players hate PFF. All players across the board. They'll <laughs> ask you what theirs are, and then they'll complain. They'll be like, they don't know what the coverages were supposed to be. How do they grade them or whatever? But. Uh, yeah, Mac has been unfortunately Mac. You know, Mac went from Nick Saban, where he wasn't allowed to have a personality, to Bill Belichick. So it's going to be a long time before we see the real Mac Jones resurface. <laughs> uh, he still during he went basically when the quarantine started. He went he went dark on social media because he was preparing to win that job when Bryce Young was coming in, and uh, then he didn't resurface basically until after they won the national championship. Then I heard from him a few more times. And then once the Patriots drafted him, he's completely been uh, MIA. So I haven't talked to him in months. Man. Uh, so I, I know people probably listen to the pod know this, but it's our, uh, our, our Thursday preview episode. So we're going to dive into week seven here in a little bit. We want to go some games with you. Uh, before we do that, I did have, since you're on the podcast, you're our, our regional rivals expert here uh, and now social media expert as well. I did a couple of questions for you kind of about just recruiting going on nationally. Um, I don't, I haven't checked the rankings a little bit. Who is the, uh, who's the betting favorite right now? I think the number one class this year. Well, the betting favorite in the modern era is it's Bama every year. Well, the, the no, non-Bama region. Yeah. No, no, that's what you would think. <laughs> you would think it's Alabama. You're wrong. It's uh, it's Georgia because of the wet because of it, the way these recruits are situated in Atlanta and the way Kirby Smart owns the state and the way media uh, influ- you know, influential people who see more players are based in the southeast i personally think that georgia has the has the edge and is should be considered if i was in vegas setting the odds every year vegas, uh, georgia would be the favorite now one of the things that complicates it of course is availability spots in the class, things like that. Um, right now, Ohio state probably has the best class, uh, pound for pound and Clemson's mm-hmm. not far behind them, but Georgia could close with like an insane amount. They, they always close strong. And if they close with three or more, uh, five stars, you know, a guy like Walter Nolan, somebody like that, they've got a few other people. Some of their recruits will probably move up. Some will probably move down, but, if I'm setting, if I'm making a bet, I'm betting on on Georgia probably every year. What's the deal with this kid, uh, Devin Brown, the quarterback, right? Getting looked at now by Ole Miss and Ohio State, trying to flip him out of USC's class. Uh, actually, good, just kind of like a fake, uh, <laughs> fake Utah quarterback. Good. What's the situation there? 
So that high school that he goes to, uh, he was actually a, a Jackson Dart's backup, who was the, the freshman who played that mm-hmm. game for USC and looked amazing and then got hurt. Um, they just put up insane numbers at that school. So you kind of wonder, like, you know, is it is it real or not? I personally think, like, they've developed into, like, they're the Utah powerhouse. They're attracting kids in. I think he's the real deal. There's a reason, you know, Lane Kiffin is going after him, not just to troll USC. But uh, I think the other thing you look at is, like, you know, Chip Kelly barely recruits. I don't even know if he knows that's part of his job. <laughs> But the moment that the moment Clay Helton got fired, UCLA offered him. So uh, I personally, and I saw him at Elite Eleven. I thought he was really good. I think you know he's a guy that we haven't seen a ton of because he's from Utah. But I mean, he's a five star in my books just based on the past week. I mean, <laughs> he doesn't just a hero, a true hero uh, doing the Lord's work. So yeah, I think he's the real deal as a player. It doesn't come around too often. Like, I mean, you have a lot of, like, players that kind of like to mess each other on social media, but a guy who's willing to openly, like, uh, you know, argue with adults online, i love to see that. I remember, like, I don't know, back when I was in the game, uh, Trevor Trout and Matt, ba- Matt Bockhorst did a lot. Uh, Matt Bockhorst on the pod a few months ago. Trevor Trout's still doing this. I love it. But he is uh, just constantly picking fights with people online. <laughs> I always appreciate whenever a player uses their offers to leverage their uh, their online clout to, uh, to argue more often. It's, I, it's representation for me. Trevor Trout is going to be like co-hosting first take in like three or four years. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got media personality written. I don't even know if he plays at USC, if he's still on the team or. I think he medically retired. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. So he, but I mean, I can tell you that in like the media world and the social media world, in terms of like rising stars, uh, once someone puts him on camera, gives him his own podcast or whatever, like he will shoot up the ranks. I have, I have no doubt. Uh, I, have, I have no doubt that that's going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, and then I, I know we kind of talked about before the pod a little bit. I want to dive in super quick to App State at Louisiana last night's game. Um, Chase Bryce, uh, I have seen him play some games in his career. And I've just never seen him really be uh, good at any point in time for any team he's played for uh, at the FBS level. That's ridiculous. Uh, That's now, a, they just made a ridiculous statement. So, well, go come ahead. on. Uh, he had, what, one good game for Clemson in 2019? But I don't know. Through, uh, through four years now, uh, 27 touchdowns against 24 interceptions, 59% completion. Uh, through two picks, Rap State last night, 15 to 26 passing. Uh, what a, you're, you're a Chase Bryce defender. You're, you're a stand. <laughs> okay. Number one, he literally saved the national championship for them when he came into that game. Uh, uh. Yeah. 100% <laughs> go back and watch it. I remember I was watching on my car while I was driving. I almost crashed. Uh, like it was a fourth and seven or something. He took off running and got it. Number two, he was on Duke last year. So all the wipe those stats off okay (laughs) those stats don't count because he transferred into duke duke was horrible he threw a million picks uh and duke is still horrible this year they lost to charlotte okay so uh take those off okay then last but not least this year on app state is a 68 percent completion percentage eight touchdowns three ints so you just happen to see he had a bad game 
last night. Did you watch the Miami game? They should have won that game. I did watch that Miami game. They should have won that game. He was actually pretty decent in that game. I think he had like uh, 200 yards, something through the air, maybe another another couple, maybe a touchdown rushing as well. Um, he played decently against Marshall in one of the best games of the season. Uh, that, that home game against Marshall on Thursday night in September was like 31-30 final. Uh, one of the best G5 games I've seen yet this year and one of the best games overall. Um, I don't know, man. App State, like, it, it's tough, and it's nice to play well against Miami and Marshall, but App State's a somehow contender. You kind of have to show up against Louisiana this year. That is like the only team on their schedule they uh, they had to beat to make the conference championship against Coastal, and they just got absolutely embarrassed the road. That's, that's tough to see. I agree, but why are they put? Why is that game on a Tuesday night or what? I mean, that's ridiculous. I know, get it? Like, oh, fun belt or whatever. The baseball playoffs are on. Like, it sucks. Yeah, it's not a good time. That's a marquee game. Like, this is what I don't like about the NFL being on Thursday. These are the games that we used to have on Thursday night. Remember, like we'd have games like this. We'd have Boise State, Iowa State would randomly beat like Texas or something on a Thursday night. Like, sure. Uh, those games are gone because, you know, the, the juggernaut NFL has decided it wants Thursday night. But I just think I, I, Tuesday night in October is too early. Now, if it was November and nothing else was going on except maybe like the NBA, I'd say fine. But it's like I forgot that that game was on, to be honest with you. And that should be those are two of their best programs in that conference. I just to, to me, like I didn't, I didn't like having that on a Tuesday, but who am I to? to dictate to the Sun Belt what their TV schedule is. Yeah, I think the Sun Belt kind of suffers from the same thing as the MAC a little bit, where it's like, uh, you know, every team in the Sun Belt is an SEC state, and the primary fan base is, you know, LSU or Georgia or Tennessee or Bama or whoever it may be, and you're just going to get poor attendance for those games. Like a lot of the MAC teams, you know, you might go to Akron or go to Toledo and you're an Ohio State fan, and you can have a home conference game on a Saturday, and the kids in the college are, you know, kind of instead of going to the student section or sitting at home in the dorms watching the Buckeyes play some noon game against Indiana, right? It's like more of a priority than it is to actually watch the school, and um, which I think sucks for the home teams. And it's really brutal, but I think some of those schools might have just made the uh, made the calculation that they're better off getting the TV money from ESPN to play those Tuesday night games where they have prime time instead of taking. Uh, taking a, a smaller TV deal and actually having fans in the stands, which is bad for the environment, bad for recruiting, but I don't know. I'm no athletic director. What do I know? I'm just smarter than them. Uh, but <laughs> uh, we should uh, we should dive into the Week 7 preview. Uh, Patrick, are you back with us yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I've, I've finished my slop, and I'm ready to eat some more. <laughs> All right, Andrew, ready? Uh, <laughs> you, you got you know what time we we, we were doing the podcast right I mean yeah you, you yeah I, I've, I, I had a I had a significant bag of of White Castle that I simply had to eat because I had not yet eaten today um, but I'm I'm good now I'm I'm ready to go it's you know um, as as uh, as Kanye would say you should be honored by my lateness uh, so yeah. <laughs> let me. I'm not from an area that had White Castle growing yeah. up, but I lived down in the South where they have Crystal, which is essentially the same thing. I think it's, it's a little bit better. Crystal's a little bit better. Yeah. I don't get what is the appeal of having a wet buns? Like, why do you want <laughs> wet burgers? It's disgusting. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys the exact appeal. I had gift cards to White Castle, and I'm very poor. <laughs> that's that's my that's that's the entire pitch to me is that I had twenty five dollars worth of a White Castle gift card. And I didn't have any other food in my house, so I, I had to, I had to make a business decision. 
And so, Woody, you may not know this, but uh, the White Castle corporate headquarters is in Columbus, Ohio, uh, <laughs> and there is a very a large literal White Castle, yeah, uh, right near the entrance of uh, Grandview uh, where Patrick lives. Uh, that uh, is their corporate headquarters. So little self factory there. So what did you get for twenty five bucks? Like a ten, you can get ten burgers for how much? Like three dollars. And um, then what else? Did you- I I went with my girlfriend, so we we got we got eight sliders, some fries, and some mozzarella sticks, and that that ran twenty two, I think, with the uh, with a drink as well. So that's that's my official recommendation. If you have twenty five dollars to spend at a White Castle, just go with the go with the, as many sliders. <laughs> you have three as you bucks to spare. You yeah, have three I, more extra bucks. Yeah, you're, not, I, you're not going to go back and use it again. You should really max out this time. No, I I do actually. I I I will say I have seventy five dollars worth of White Castle gift cards. <laughs> uh, so I, I have to I have to do this twice more. <laughs> And they say <laughs> they say chivalry is dead. I mean, geez, exactly. yeah. what a what a guy taking around for mozzarella sticks. Yeah, yeah, castle. exactly. Big big dining out here. No, fucking uh, fast food mozzarella sticks have are just always disappointing to me. Though I don't know, like I've never had a good one. I feel like when you go to a fast food place, you're always getting the exterior is like hot and crispy, and you have like a cheese stick in the middle. Instead yeah. of melted mozzarella, what's the deal with this? What's the deal? It's not good. It was it was a very dry meal, just in general, outside of the nasty wet buns. But it it was food and it had <laughs> calories in it, which is all I the was wettest possible burger. Yeah, and everything else absolutely boned. That's why they make the burger so wet. Yeah, the food is so dry. Yeah, <laughs> they expect the, you to just slide down your gullet. The the fries are inedible. I will say that much. I cannot eat these fries. They are they are despicable. They're they were already cold by the time I got home. There was no sauce with them. It's a it's a it's a really challenging meal to eat but the rest of the stuff was fine i'm sure i'll feel really bad about it later but uh, right now i'm okay i do remember getting the uh my like school cafeteria served the white castle chicken rings like a frozen fried version of it okay. when i was like nine years old uh i do remember eating those when i was a little talk, kid talk, talk about privilege i mean you get, <laughs> you're getting name brand fast food <laughs> starting them young Man. Oh. Things are a little different around here in Pittsburgh, Woody. Yeah. Uh, Listen, if, if I did they did they do pepperoni rolls for lunch there? Because that's the best thing about Pittsburgh, in my opinion, is you can walk on the street and get one of those pepperoni rolls. Oh, those yeah. are the best. They didn't do them for lunch, unfortunately. But uh, I will say, uh, friend of the show, friend of uh, friend of my family, uh, the Sinceri family, because over in Pittsburgh, you got to go to Sinceri's down in the Strip District of Pittsburgh. Uh, the best pepperoni rolls you ever have. Uh, just a great Italian grocery too. A lot of good food down there. I highly recommend it. Next time you're back in town. Yeah. So people don't. People talk about what's that? What's that? What's that place that everybody loves that is overrated in Pittsburgh? Uh, you gotta be more specific than that. Romanti <laughs> Brothers. Is that it? Is that? Oh the- yeah, it's terrible. It, it's like um, it's hard to explain. It's like if you go to Philadelphia and you eat Pat and Gino's, right? It's like the meme place you're supposed to go. Like it's the tourist place. But I don't know many Pittsburghers that actually like traditional Pernetti Brothers sandwich. The coleslaw right. is disgusting. But what I'm saying is, people Pittsburgh needs to get behind the pepperoni roll. Number one, as uh, Ryan mentioned, they were used by Italians who had to go down into the coal mines because it was like a hearty meal that you could eat and you could just wrap it up in foil and keep it on your person, right? No reheating, yep. no whatever. They're delicious. They're amazingly made. I'm trying to think of where I had, where I was staying, where I was walking around, and I got one. I was there for a wedding or something. But anyway, I'm just saying, Promanti Brothers needs to take a back shelf to 
the uh, pepperoni roll promotion. I, that's way well, better. M- most of the uh, most of the food traditions in Pittsburgh are directly based around like the steel or coal industries because a lot of the food. It's the reason for Manny Brothers is that way. It is is that the before they had the union, the steel workers like had five minutes for lunch or whatever, so they didn't have time to have separate. You know, like your primary meat with a side dish, whatever. So uh, their wives would just put all of the ingredients of a full meal on the sandwich bread, which is how you get the French fries, the meat, and the coleslaw all on the sandwich. Uh, so it's a similar origin where it's just, you know, basically all of our food traditions come from like uh, robber barons of the late 1800s, uh, just exploiting workers and workers trying to find a time to get a few calories in their stomach. Uh, it's where all of our, our delicacies come from. All right. Enough. Sorry to sidetrack you guys on food talk. I apologize. No, you're, uh, you're fine. We do it every time. You, you, <laughs> are, Ryan, are you saying <clears throat> robber barons just just taking away time to eat for their workers? This sounds a lot like what you did to me on this podcast, but I don't know. I don't know about all this. <laughs> well, this is you know this is the hypocrisy of Ryan, the like, right. you know, liberal pro union, and then he he's he abusing his. You eat your disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He won't let me eat my slop in peace. Um, we, we listen, have... Patrick. How how am I going to get time to make you go work on the Clinton campaign? again uh <laughs> if you don't eat your meals during podcast it's, it's simply not going to work it's, out you gotta you gotta sacrifice work. for the team here buddy we're all we're all family working together yeah speaking of sacrificing for the team <laughs> we we all have we all have to make sacrifices this weekend and that is watching these college football games um because <laughs> eight of the eight of the members of the top 25 are on a bye this week um which means you're really going to have to hunt for for the good football. We're we're going to we're going to eat the whole hog this week. We're going to try and enjoy it as best we can. Uh first up Thursday night, Navy at Memphis 7:30 ESPN. Ryan, you put this list together and I have to ask you why you would want anyone to do this. Both of these teams are bad. Well, listen, I'm not going to watch the NFL on a Thursday night. So, I mean, yeah. I'm going to watch football at all as I want to do. I'm going to have to watch like 5 minutes of these games before I turn off and disgust and go do something better with my time. Uh, so I don't know. Memphis is just shockingly terrible. I thought they'd be bad, but I didn't think it'd be this bad this fast. And, uh, I think Silverfield is like, I don't know. Like if this season turns worse, I think he's legitimately on the hot seat. No, Ryan, no way. Look, here's what happened. They don't have a quarterback. They took, they knew they didn't have a quarterback. They went out and got two high profile transfers who also weren't very good. And now they're playing a true freshman, and they stink. Well, they haven't played them, right? They, they've played Seth Hennigan the whole season. I don't think Grant Ganell was throwing a pass when he transferred there. Well, right, but that's, what I'm, the... but that's what I'm saying. They were like, look, we're going to be bad regardless. Let's throw Hennigan out there and let it ride. You know what I mean? If they they lost kind of in a fluky fashion to UTSA, they'd be 4-2. and two. I mean, big whoop. They're going to – they're a 10.5-point favorite. The only, I think they smoke uh, – Navy, which somehow beat UCF. UCF blew a big lead in that game. So, fluky uh, fashion, but they could also easily be two and four considering they stole that win against Mississippi State, right? I mean, they didn't win that game. Yeah, that's that true. Was, <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't think he's on the hot seat. I don't think unless that unless the uh, unless the guy from FedEx changes his mind. I think uh, this is just kind of a, a kind of a down year for them. They're kind of reloading. To me, and Patrick, I'm curious to hear your thoughts here too, but like Memphis is essentially the LSU of the AAC, where they always have more talent than almost any opponent besides like SMU or or Houston and occasionally Cincinnati, to the point that you are talented enough that you should be like never going worse than nine and three with the schedule. Um, And they're going to lose to SMU for certain. 
and have two or three more games scheduled, they could lose this season. I, I think it's just like the idea of Memphis barely making a bowl game is a pretty tough look given the talent they have compiled in this roster. I think Houston is the AAC's LSU. I, I think that's I, like Houston should always, always, always be the most talented team in the league, and, and frequently either isn't or wastes it. Um, Memphis is is interesting to me because like Grant Gunnell, I know Ryan, you're a huge fan of him, and it, it seems like he just isn't. That's that's a bit strong. That's a bit strong. You were like you him. were a big Grant Gunnell guy. You were also, <laughs> admittedly, you were a big Graham Mertz guy, and that has not gone great for you either. Oh um, come on! <laughs> I don't know. I think Grant Gunnell can throw a football forward better than most of the quarterbacks in this conference. Sure, um, but I, I'm. It, it it does seem like Memphis just doesn't really have quite the thing that it usually has which is both a quarterback or like an offensive skill player beyond Calvin Austin like I don't really love any of these running backs uh the defense is is horrible and has been for several years now um regarding the Navy over over UCF thing uh UCF's big issue is that it doesn't have Dylan Gabriel anymore and Gus Malzahn cannot cover for that even a little bit uh and I I think that maybe maybe we are buying slightly too high on on Navy but I also don't think that Memphis is going to like kill them here i don't know if memphis is is good enough to kill much of anybody uh yeah it's not a good football game it's a narrative game that's the only thing sure yeah yeah the the classic navy narrative um georgia (laughs) georgia southern at south alabama also at 7 30 on espnu i'm curious about this one because i want to know how good south alabama is and this is the kind of game that you need to win if you are approaching being a good team because Georgia Southern has an interim and isn't especially good this year, but South Alabama has lost two straight and just lost a game that it cannot lose to to Texas State in overtime. Uh, the defense should be good. It seems like it's be it's becoming good, but this is one of those those hinge games where if you make you know bowl game in year one, this is the time to do it is by winning a game like this. I have nothing to add here. I will let you. Uh, <laughs> I will let your words stand. Hey, Jake Bentley is a quarterback at South Alabama. That's worth noting. Yeah, so. yep. He's he's been pretty good there too. I think Quayne, I think Kane Womack in general is is building something interesting, if if nothing else. And the Sun Belt is pretty desperate for a fourth team right now, and South Alabama seems to be on that path. How about my own family member being the head coach of a team and doesn't even hire me to come out of <laughs> the recruiting department? I mean, geez, what is going? The, the problem is, I you know, I can't figure out how we're related, but yeah. we definitely are. You'll right. find it. Yeah, you'll yeah, find he, it. I, I, I heard he was telling reporters that if he couldn't get Barton Simmons, he didn't want anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have that Ivy League pedigree. That's the problem. You know, nobody, nobody cares about my UCF degree when it comes uh when it comes to being in a position of power, Kareem Walker, did you know that uh, is also on oh my USA? God. Did you know that, Donley? Oh my God, man! I did not know that. That's like what his ninth team in like three seasons or something. I don't know. He's yeah, been on every roster. In <laughs> good for him. They had a they had a good running back a couple of years ago too, Patrick, didn't they? That's all uh, They had somebody uh, who was like went to the league, I think. They years ago. they did, Probably but I, I do not remember the name. Um, I currently my brain is just flipping through trying to remember mid twenty tens like five star Michigan running back signees. Uh, who was the other one who was like two, who was like two hundred and seventy? Uh, Derek Green, that's out right. of Virginia. That kid Jeez. rocked. Who weighed weighed two hundred and sixty five pounds as a running back? <laughs> Look, so when I first started at Rivals. It was that class, and it, there was a point. It was him who was the who was the quarterback they had, the one that got oh. mono. 
Shane Morris. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Shane Morris. Sh- yeah. Sugar Shane Morris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then Bryce Ramsey was committed to Georgia. Now, we had Brent Ramsey a little lower. I'm pretty sure 24-7 had him as a five-star right on the fringe. And I went to a seven-on-seven to Gridiron Kings. That used to be like a big seven-on-seven thing that predated like uh, the opening. And I remember stuff. that. Yeah down in disney and i watched a game where shane morris and bryce ramsey played a zero zero game of seven on seven (laughs) which i i'd never seen before and i wondered like do i not know how to do this job because these guys are horrible how are these players ranked so high uh and i really was concerned that maybe like something was wrong like i didn't know how to evaluate football players all of a sudden and like these guys are terrible i'm like do they have some hidden talent hidden potential that i don't know about and of course uh they're all terrible they sure we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> i took a ton of flack because i went and, i went and watched ramsey playing a game too and they ran like the double wing or something and he threw like four passes and that was enough for me to be like there's no way and we dropped him a time he ended up being a punter at georgia um down the down the line and then morris of course we ended up dropping we did not drop Derek green though uh and then that led to ty isaac also being a five star because that was the debate you know uh i remember farrell being like if one's a five star the other was a five star i was like neither of them are five stars but that was before i had any type of pull i got overruled but that was a uh that was definitely there was a lot of debate about those guys back in the day. And we did drop uh we did drop what's his face? We we're just talking about Kareem Walker at the end, but we hung we hold on to him for a long time where he was a five star and it was one of those things where you just didn't kind of see it. So I'm glad he's playing. Well, I'm glad he's playing. I remember there being uh there being consternation two stories about those guys. One, I recall there being message board consternation among Ohio State fans, uh, because at the time when Derek Green was a five star. Uh, Ohio State, I think they had Stan Drayton as running back coach then, uh, passed on Derek Green to take Zeke Elliott, and fans were worried because he was ranked so much lower uh, that he wouldn't be a good fit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I think we obviously know how that turned out. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, with Kareem Walker, I think he committed to Ohio State the same day as Bruce Judson or something like that. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was during, the, it was during the second half of the national title game, I think. Yeah, yeah, both of them committed at halftime yeah. or something like that. Just an insane day of like yeah. everyone losing their minds or highest. Like, We're in the national title. We got two five stars in the class. Didn't that Sean? I think Sean Wade committed on that for... day too. I think. What did you say? I think Sean Wade was the only one that stuck that committed that day. That worked out for a couple of years, I guess. But... Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we're on to Friday night, the Friday night games here. Uh, Woody, I know you listen to every episode of Flipping the Field and take notes to the legal pad, but just for the listeners, maybe don't know the format that we have for our previews yet. Um, and just to help you out here, we do our uh, our six pack or our beer flight, whatever you want to call it. So every every section will have a staple beer. Uh, that one beer your buddy says is pretty good, but he's probably lying. It sucks. And of course, the weird beers you try and the five percent chance they're actually good. Patrick, Friday night or staple beer. Clemson at Syracuse, seven o'clock, ESPN. Man, Clemson takes its third loss of the season. It's bound to happen. <laughs> I am curious about what Clemson's <laughs> offense is going to do against a defense with a pulse, because the the answer in the past couple weeks has been nothing. 
Um, I saw a stat today that I, I don't remember. It was like the EPA per play added or something like that. But um, the, and DJ Uyunglele was like 127th. He was down there with Graham Mertz and, and Michael Penix, and it was just very weird to see that. Um, I don't know if I think Syracuse is going to win this game. That feels like a little much because Syracuse just lost to, was it NC State? Um, Wake Forest. Wake yeah. Forest, that's right. The, Overtime. Yeah, the undefeated team in the ACC, of course. But I think... I do think Clemson can't beat anybody by a significant amount of points because Clemson's not any good. Uh, and so I think that this will be at least close, if not entertaining. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far because Garrett Schrader's playing quarterback in this game, but it's certainly, I don't think Clemson is in any position to blow anybody else out, especially not in the carrier drum. What do you, what do you got? I might just fade every pick you guys make on here. That may be. Uh... <laughs> that's that's listen. That's a good way to get yourself onto the burning of the enemies list next week. <laughs> um, Thirteen and a half is a lot, but I'm also under the impression that like if something is fishy like this, uh, I tend to go. I tend to lean into it. Over under forty four and a half. Give me the over. That's way too low. We're gonna have some points in this game. Watch for DJ to run. I would I would take a look at his rushing yards prop. Uh, I know I'm going heavy into gambling here, but uh, I have a feeling he's going to be doing some rumbling down the field. So uh, give me the t- I, will, I will take the Tigers. I still have I still have some faith in them that the light will come back on for DJ. The biggest concern for me is even with DJ. It's just they're running the game, like with just no running backs left on the roster, right? I mean, Tres Malusi transferred, Lin J. Dixon transferred. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Will Shipley hurt now for quite a few weeks. Just don't know if he's going to carry the football besides DJ, uh, which is everything else. Yeah, they they have um, they have the running back that came from Nick Chubb's high school. I can't remember his name at the moment. Um, they do have they still have a couple of guys. I thought they should have talked. The problem was they badmouthed um, they badmouthed the one kid when he transferred, and I'm like. Uh, Lynn J. Dixon. They're like, oh, he was in the yeah, dog yeah, yeah. house. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why would you, you know, you guys could have used him to come back. <laughs> you you should have thought about that before. It, it, it went sort of pet peeve. I'm going to go off topic here. Major pet peeve for me when somebody transfers or like this or goes in the portal, they're like, oh, as expected, he was in the doghouse. I'm like, I did not read one story about him being in a doghouse, him expected to transfer or anything. Like, people get so involved in their own world. Like, it wasn't expected that when Jay Dixon was going to transfer. I was surprised he wasn't getting more carries because I, I really thought he brought, like, a different dimension um, than Shipley. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess the – Will Taylor also, I think, tore his ACL, too, uh, who was kind of their QB. Like, he's like the next Hunter Renfro type guy. So, they have Phil Moffa who's like a pounder and they got, they got Kobe pace uh, as the guy I was thinking of. So they still have a couple of highly ranked running backs that they can throw out there. For sure. For sure. Um, and then our, uh, let's see here. We got, the one of your buddies is pretty good, but he's probably lying and it sucks. We've got San Diego state at San Jose state on uh 10 30 on CBS sports network. Um, I think San Diego state probably wins this game right away. I think it's a nine and a half point line right now. Yeah. Uh, but San Jose state has just been, Consistently a pretty frisky team against these problems uh, in the last couple of years, and I'm, it's a rivalry game. I'm willing to give it a shot uh, if it is late Thursday, late Friday night. Had a couple beers, coming back home, eat something on to watch before we go to bed. Might be worth popping the game on for a few minutes. 
Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disagree <laughs> there. Uh, San Jose State man is really bad. San Jose State. I, I hate to say it because I loved the story last year, um, but I, I I believe Nick Starkle is hurt or has been hurt. Uh, they have no running game at all because of that. Like if they can't pass to set up the run, they can't run at all. And the defense is. I think it was kind of a turnover luck team last season, and then that's catching up to them. Um, this team just got housed by Colorado State, which is not usually something I would advise to a Mountain West. Anyone getting their ass beat by Steve Adazio is <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. not a good sign for anything so, you're yeah. doing in life ever. If yeah. Steve Adazio is blowing you out in it. <laughs> yeah, and, and San Diego State is even more adept at turning out the lights than than Colorado State defense, which I think Colorado State defense is pretty good. But uh, San Diego State has like a top 10 defense. I, I don't think... San Jose State has a whole lot of life in this game to turn out, but I think that San Diego State's going to do it pretty quickly. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I guess moving forward here, we've got our weird beers to try and the 5% chance they're actually good. Uh, Woody, I'm just going to wind up and let you go here. Uh, we've got Cal at your Oregon Ducks, 1030 ESPN. Uh, give us what you got. Now, Oregon's going to blow them out. That's going to be a big one. We've got... Uh... Justin Wilcox returning home, former Oregon Duck. Uh, he's from from Oregon. Went went to one of my rival high schools. Tim DeRuder, the defensive coordinator, went from Cal to Oregon in the offseason. and I think we've seen a major impact there in terms of how the Bears have been playing, and they just stink in general. So uh, Oregon's missing C.J. Verdell. They're missing uh, several other players, Justin Flo on defense. They've had a ton of injuries, but guess what? It doesn't matter. Friday night in Eugene, I wouldn't be surprised. Joe Moorhead is is there. I don't know what his health status was. I was in the hospital, which I thought was crazy. Um, hopefully he's healthy. But if he's back, two weeks to prepare, easy, easy dub here for the Ducks coming off of a, a game at Stanford that they should have won. Some controversial classic Pac-12 officiating. Hey, how can we, we haven't made the playoff in five years. How can we cause our best team to lose? Let's throw four pass interference penalties on the game tying drive. Uh, So yeah, give me the ducks. I like the ducks, something big, like 42 to 14 or something like that. The, uh, I don't do too much gambling anymore. Only, only every Saturday, but uh, you know, (laughs) we've got uh, the, the double line of Oregon minus 13 and a half under 53 and a half. Is plus 290. And considering Cal might not score, I like that a lot. Uh, I think I'm going to put a little bit of action on that. Uh, that's your, your, your gambling tip of the week here, officially. But anyway, uh, our other game in this slot is uh, Marshall at North Texas, 7 o'clock, CBS Sports Network. We're not going to talk about this. Marshall's going to kill him. Don't watch this. Uh, Seth Luttrell's about to get fired. Uh, I just had to I had to list it because we four games on Friday night. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Patrick, uh, run through these Saturday early games. So, Staple Beer here on Saturday at noon, Oklahoma State at Texas on Fox. Um, does this have the the uh, the full – are they doing the full broadcast for this? Because that feels like a, a bad indicator for what the rest of the weekend is going to bring if this is like one of their primetime games. Um, Dude, it's the big noon Saturday game. Uh, it's, I think it's the only – 
or no, I'm sorry. It's one of like two or three ranked on ranked games uh, the entire day. Uh, just really, really bad. Maybe we're going to get lucky and it'll be one of those weeks where we don't think it's going to be good and then it is. Um, but I, I have no interest in this whatsoever. If I have to watch Spencer Sanders play, I'm, I'm not interested in it. And I'd have to watch Spencer Sanders play here. So I'm no thank you on this. I, I think Texas is, I think Texas wins handily because I think Texas is better than Oklahoma State is. Uh, that's sort of what it comes down to for me. Texas has good players in Oklahoma state doesn't yeah i mean i guess i'm always going to watch bj robinson play generally uh if there's nothing else on if that these games are competitive i guess i'll throw it on for a few minutes and see what's going on i'm not gonna like sit here and lie to you because i'm not gonna watch college football on a saturday so in all likelihood i will have this game on uh our our beer that your buddies is pretty good but he's probably lying and it sucks we've got auburn at arkansas at noon on cbs um there's a chance this is decent. I don't know. I mean, every Arkansas game seems to be interesting all season this year. Uh, they are scoring points at a ridiculous rate. Their defense looks like absolute hot garbage. Uh, Tank Bigsby is the only player to score a touchdown against Georgia's first team defense this season, but I just do not think Auburn has anything at all to take. Yeah, I mean, I don't think – Auburn is uh, uh, first of all. I thought Auburn was in that game, and if they didn't, if that ball didn't bounce off of Shiver's hands, I would have liked to see what happened there. Obviously, Georgia would have probably won, but I think we would have had a more competitive game. Uh, but I think I like Arkansas here. Arkansas at home is a different animal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially like in the few seasons where they're actually like an SEC contender, uh, the fans come out pretty heavy for the Hogs. It seems like they really, really like Sam Pittman, and understandably so. He's a, he's an easy guy to like, but it, it seems like there's an extra bit of heat, both because they're good and because of his specific uh, kind of shtick that he brings. It, it, it almost it, it feels like a perfect fit for that program, and I think that that's part of why this is working so well is because it's like this is the Arkansas coach. This is the guy who is designed to be the Arkansas coach. So I think Arkansas wins pretty easily here. I really don't like this Auburn team a whole lot. Uh, I, I don't really know what exactly it is that they're trying to see out of Bo Nix that they haven't already seen beyond just, yeah, he's Bo Nix, sure enough. Um, but I, Yeah, I mean, TJ Finley's just been better, right? He's just been flat out better. You would think. Uh, no, he's not better. Do you guys want to hear a hot take from Has me? been better. I don't know if he is better as a quarterback overall, but this season, I don't think it's been that close. I think uh, I think Bo Nix has been terrible again this year. Do, sorry, guys, go ahead. You guys want to hear a hot take? Sure. If if Bo Nix was in the group of five or at BYU, he would be Zach Wilson. That's my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably right, but I also hate Zach Wilson. So <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying, take whatever, however you feel about Zach Wilson. I'm telling you that if Bo Nix transfers to UCF after this season uh, or something like that, he will be he will be very good. So I just think things haven't gone right for Bo at Auburn. I think he's still very talented. I I don't think TJ Finley's the answer. I, I don't think Bo played bad last week. Of course, he played great against LSU, led him back. He has had his ups and downs, but like, there's a reason that Finley came into that Georgia State game, led him back, and then when they were going to LSU and they said, now nah, we're going to play Bo. I mean, in my opinion, that tells you what's going on at practice. So uh, yeah. I just don't think Bo can push the ball downfield. I mean, that's the biggest issue, which is, like, which is why TJ Finley had to lead a comeback because he's trying to score points in rapid succession. I don't think both push the ball downfield to do that. 
Yeah, and I don't really know what Auburn's identity is. They have two amazing running backs. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what their offensive identity is under Harson. They played a, a ridiculously hard schedule. I think we got to factor that in as well, and that goes into my Zach Wilson take. But yeah, anyway, I, I, I like Arkansas either way. Uh, Pittman, he is a perfect fit there. This is why people should hire more fat people to be coaches. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. so true. I'm, I love right. it. Ryan, are you still not fat or what? What's going on with you? <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of back in the mid-fat range. I'm like, uh, I put some fat back on. I've been, uh, I've been powerlifting, buddy. I don't know if we've talked about this in a while, but oh, geez. Uh, I yeah, bet that goes awesome. over well on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely tearing it up over here. Uh, people, people read my college. These women, yeah, they read my college football tweets and they just say, "I gotta get, a, I gotta get a piece of that." Uh, it's just over. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> well, I, my point. My point is, we are living in a, in a hugely anti-fat uh, time period. You notice a lot of the anti-vax people tend to blame fat people for COVID. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, you, it, you. You really can tell where people stand. Where they're like, can, "How about diet and exercise?" It's like, "Well, wait a minute. You know, you, you want to check cholesterol? I can go toe to toe with anybody in this town." You know, I may be a fat person, but that doesn't mean I still don't go to the gym every day, you know? So that's right. Uh, anyway, my point well, is speaking now- of dating, you'll, you'll appreciate this. I might've told the story of the podcast. I just, maybe to Patrick personally before, but uh, I was kind of seeing this girl in the summer, right? And our friends had set us up and we were like our second or third date. And she was asking me, she's like, so like, what do you, you know, I know you're a big football fan. Like, what do you usually do in the fall? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, what's your like ideal Saturday? And I was like, well, you know, I wake up at like, 7 a.m. I put some food in the smoker. I go to the gym, come back home, crack a beer at 11:30, and I watch college football for about like 12 to 14 hours. <laughs> and, uh, she's like, "So that's that's every Saturday?" And I was like, "Yeah, for about you know 16, 17 weeks in a row, I'd say it's pretty much every Saturday." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's like, "Great, that's 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 great." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no apple picking on the menu. Sorry, sweetie. Got, uh, I got four screens set up here in my office. We're not going to the pumpkin patch. No hay rides. Uh, and, and I got not, Georgia State football to watch. Right. Sorry, I got USA. Yeah, South USA is playing. Yeah, uh, South Alabama. Yeah, I got to watch Jake Bentley and Kareem Walker on Friday night too. So that's out of the question. Uh, anyway. <laughs> hey, listen, that's just how it is. I have, I'm staring, uh, we don't have video on on this thing, but I'm staring at my four TVs. I call it my command center here in my office, uh, <laughs> where I sit here all day long and then uh, ignore my family and, and do the same thing. So it doesn't, you know, you got to find the one that's willing to live with that. You, you have to it's understand. The best way to live. You have to understand. I have to watch this this Owen uh, five versus Owen five G five matchup where I'm remembering a four star wide receiver they got kicked out of his original school. That's my job on Saturdays. Is I have to do that. It's the only thing. It's you for have to work. Do. It's, it's for, for work. work. It's cool. <laughs> People ask me like, so what's your team? I was like, I don't have any teams. I root for the players that I like the best as recruits, and I root for five stars to play well. Like I'm not. I really don't find myself. In <laughs> you root for the industry. You're right. like uh, whenever Rob Lowe showed up that Lakers day in an NBA hat, just the logo. <laughs> exactly. That's me. I'm just going to have a hat with with a recruiting profile on it. I I will say, though, that like over the years, there have been guys, you know, there's been plenty of guys I've been wrong on, obviously. And a lot of people will think that I then root against them. 
But I mean, Rondale Moore is a perfect example. Guy I ranked as like a high three star just because I had questions about size and durability and whatever. Um, obviously, durability has been a problem. Size has been no problem because Rondale's awesome. He's super fast. But mm-hmm. uh, but he like he came up to me at the All American Bowl and was like, "What do I got to do to move up in the rankings?" You know, and I was like, Rondale. Number one, you're going to school for free at the place you want to go, right? And he was like, yeah. I said, so your ranking is completely irrelevant. Number two, I hope you go have a great career, go to the NFL, make millions of dollars, and then come back and laugh in my face the next time you see me. (laughs) And he was like, all right, bet. So I hope I have not seen Rondell Moore. I hope the next time I see him, he like throws throws $2 bills in my face, flicks them out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's, My God, that catch last weekend was unbelievable. Did you see that uh, grab on the sideline yeah, for Arizona? Yeah, it was totally insane. I mean, he's awesome. So, like, I was wrong. I, I don't think, like, I don't think my concerns were su- unfounded, though. The, the, he's, like, five foot seven on his tippy toes. You know what I mean? So, I was worried. I went and watched him play in Kentucky. and Yeah, I he's got, built like Patrick. Right. There was, right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I was wrong. It's okay to be wrong. There, there are other times where I'm right. That's the other problem, though. If you're right about a guy and you ranked him lower, I can't go on Twitter and be like, oh, this, this guy sucks. His dream is crushed. I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's sort of hard. There are plenty of guys over the years where you go back and look at that the competition ranked as a five-star we had as a three-star vice versa you know nobody believed in in jedrick wills because jedrick wills you know he was built like me or sam Pittman early in his career we ranked him as a five-star <laughs> and people laughed at us you know like eventually people came around and they moved him up higher but not as high as we had him the whole time and we were right but there are plenty of times where it's gone the other way around so but like I said, if if somebody we rank low that someone else ranked as a five star then flames out and doesn't get drafted, you can't go unless you know you can't go brag about it unless you want to really you know stir up stir up a beehive or whatever. So anyway, I don't know how I got on this tangent, but that's how I feel about that. <laughs> we would never. You're good. Stir You're good. A, we would never want to stir up a beehive here with this podcast. That's that's not the. Uh, that's <laughs> well, not the... It's, a good, it's a good question because I have no idea how many people listen to it. You guys could say it's a hundred or a thousand, and I would have no idea. So uh... it's actually a hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You guys, get, you guys get acquired by Spotify. Just give me a job. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll host my own show. Deal. Um, weird beers that you try, and the five percent chance that they're actually good. Number one, Michigan State at Indiana. Uh, this one just bums me out. This one makes me sad because I was so wrong on both of these teams, and I, I like watching Michigan State now. But man, I completely missed this, Ryan. I, th- I think you were—I think you were a lot closer to this than I was. But man, I cannot believe that this is what has what has happened here. I—I I will say that I thought Indiana would be bad this year. I don't think they'd be this bad one, and I definitely didn't think Michigan State would be this good this fast. I think they're still probably going to like—they're going to drop one game they shouldn't. They'll lose to the three best teams in the division. They'll finish eight and four. But eight and four is a wild success for this team in year two under Mel Tucker, considering where he started at. Like, it's been unbelievable how well he mined the transfer portal. Their skill players are really impressive. I mean, Kenneth Walker's on the pub, but um, Reed and Naylor are two really solid receivers for them that have been 
um, moving the ball pretty explosively, which I just didn't see coming from this offense at all. Peyton Thorne has exceeded all expectations. Hey, listen, no, I, I on my podcast, the week one, I came on there and said, why why has everyone just decided that that Michigan State is the worst team ever? Now, I didn't think they'd be 6-0, and but it was like conventional wisdom in Big Ten country that they were like a laughing stock. And I was like, they – they really weren't that bad last year. They were bad, but it's not like they were Rutgers, you know, circa. Well, that's funny. No, that's that's the funny part is they had, like, the exact same results as Rutgers, but everyone around here was like, yeah, Rutgers rocks. They're kicking ass under Greg Schiano. Michigan State's terrible. These guys are taking a long time to get back, and it's like they're the exact same team <laughs> like they well, were last year. Right, and this whole <laughs> – one of my favorite announcer tropes this year is – you know, hey, they, these guys don't just take anyone out of the transfer portal, okay? They go and they look at guys that they knew as recruits and they personality fit and they make sure it's the right people. Okay, no, they, they look at who they think are the best players. These kids are in the portal. Some of them will go in the portal and make their decision 12 hours later, you know? And obviously it's kind of like NBA free agency where there's like a lot of tampering going, at, going on ahead of time. But... You know, Mel Tucker didn't have a relationship with Kenneth Walker as from his time as a recruit. Kenneth Walker was a two-star, essentially one power five off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I had coaches tell me when he was in high school that it's like, ah, no, he just doesn't have the speed, just not a power five back. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, that appeared to be wrong. But my, my point is the 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 announcer saying that that schools only take guys they're familiar with out of the portal is the new like overuse of RPO or, or whatever announcer trope. It's going to, it's every Michigan state game. They're going to say that over and over and over again. They did a great job. My concern always is you can do this once, but if you keep doing, you keep rolling the dice and try to build your team around transfers. Eventually the, the car is going to go off a cliff because transfers yeah, are just tri- ask us Mel's on just ask us Mel's on. Right. Transfers are transfers for a reason. There's a lot of sometimes it's like an attitude thing uh, and you, you bring in a, a lot of different malcontents to, to one place or guys who are unhappy. Well, if they're not getting things the way they like right away, they might continue to be unhappy. So you, you have to you have to build your program through recruiting. I just I will always say that. And then you pick and choose from the portal here and there that's the way to do it now a lot of schools don't have that luxury and new coaches definitely should do it but like you know one of the reasons UCF had to do it was because Josh Heupel didn't really recruit like the last year and a half he was there he just they weren't being aggressive on the recruiting trail and you got a school like UCF you've got to develop guys but you also got to find that the players in the state of Florida that kind of slide under the radar so them adding a ton of transfers, you're seeing it. It's it's a mixed bag, and you just never know. Uh, you never know really how it's going to work out. But I'd say year to year, I I would not expect Michigan State to go get 15 more transfers next year. You know, I think they know that they need to recruit. And I love Mel Tucker. He's a great guy. He's funny. He's easy to talk to. So I'm glad he's having success. Speaking of a car driving off a cliff, Florida at LSU noon on ESPN. Um, <laughs> man, I I guess if you want to watch a, a train wreck, LSU I believe is down another five star cornerback. Right? Isn't isn't Elias Ricks out for the season as well now? Yeah, uh, uh, his his family informed the program, not even from him directly. The family <laughs> informed the program that he had a nagging injury. He figured a better option uh, to take care of. Uh, and he wouldn't be with the team the rest of the year. Classic. It wasn't the doctors saying he'll be out for the year. Wasn't uh, wasn't him like saying, "Coach, I got to sit out." 
his family's like, no, we think he's probably just, no, he probably should get this taken care of. You know, we gotta do some stretching. <laughs> Ryan, he, he, he did his own, he did his own research. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to the next coach. Thanks, Ed. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think you should watch this. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend watching this because I think Florida's gonna win pretty comfortably. And that's not even really a compliment to Florida as much as it is like LSU is dead. It's a dead program. There's nothing going on there. Hey. Yeah, I mean they're they're going to be hiring Billy Napier in the offseason or somebody similar, uh, maybe Mark Stoops. I don't know. It's it's about time to wrap this up. <laughs> and people, listen to this. I'm going to tell you guys this. Hopefully, this doesn't get aggregated or anything like that. Somebody told me a little birdie. So this is not technically not reporting that Lincoln Riley is their number one target. Hmm. So I don't know. You know the the powers that be at LSU think they might be able to throw out the cash to make that happen. So. Uh, I don't think it'll happen, but in terms of names, could you imagine? Could you imagine how the Oklahoma boosters would react if they finally like organize this deal to get to the SEC West, and all of a sudden Lincoln Riley goes to LSU before they can get there? I mean, they I'd would be, lose their minds. I'd be like, "That's fine. We're going to hire Joe Brady to come be our head coach." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't think it will happen. But I will say, like. For some reason, I, I'm hearing way more coaching. I try not to talk to like these eight, you know, this is a, a spoiler alert from the audience. Anything you see your your favorite news breaking reporter tweet from college football, well, he's getting fed that from an agent or a coach is asking him to tweet that, you know, like, oh, I'm hearing that Lincoln Riley would be interested in, you know, whatever or, you know, a lot of times it's coming from one or the other. And in coaching season, you'll get coaches Coaches will text me and be like, hey, Woody, could you throw my name out there for that? I'm like, do you think an AD is going to be like, hey, wait, the dude at Rivals thinks that we should hire this guy. Like, <laughs> get out of here. Uh, so uh, it is weird, though, that I'm hearing that. I'm hearing other names for other jobs. All of a sudden, I have people been reaching out. So um, guess what? If I Also, I want to tack this on. Uh, two things about this game to make it worthwhile. I personally think Florida can beat Georgia if Anthony Richardson is 100% healthy and Dan Mullen has a package for him ready to roll for that game. So that's one thing. I want to see if they're – I think they've been hiding him for that Georgia game. Number two, I think USC should hire Coach O at the drop of a hat if LSU fires him. But what do you guys think about that? I think that they'd be better off – if your only goal is just like – we got to get a bag man as head coach to recruit better. Then you better off just hiring Antonio Pierce. He knows he knows Southern California better at this point. Well, he's not. He's got his own problems. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think some big money booster comes in and tells him to lay to leave alone. I think he'll be just fine. I think he'll be just fine. <laughs> I would <laughs> deny that. Deny, I, deny. I think Coach O. I think Coach O could do it. I he would do big things at. We've seen what Cristobal's done at Oregon. Nobody thought like. Hey, he's going to be a slam dunk in terms of a, a coach or recruiter. I mean, they've won two Pac-12 championships. They won the Rose Bowl. Coach O can do that at USC. He can bring in superior talent. He can keep guys home. I would. I think we've uh, that the train's gone off the tracks at LSU. I don't know why. I don't know what's happening. I haven't heard the behind-the-scenes stories. But bad I, coordinator I, hires. I think it's right. well, just terrible coordinator hires. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Bo Pelini. What were we? What is we? Be thinking there, but uh, I always thought the Corey Raymond should have been promoted to DC. But I don't, I don't know why he's never gotten that opportunity. But I think I still think Coach O can be a good coach. He won a national championship, and I think he'd kill it at USC. 
I don't know. I don't know about it, man. I, I think they're going to, I think USC is just kind of in a tough spot where they kind of hired, they fired Clay Helton. They should have done, but in a cycle, there's not an obvious clear fit. Like if James Franklin says no to this job, man, they are like all of a sudden begging for some like really, really poor fits to fit. Cause Cristobal is not going there. I don't think you could hire, like you said, Pierce or Edwards in this environment. Uh, it's not like Luke Fickle is going to be a California guy. Matt Campbell's not going there. I don't know who you hire if you can't get James Franklin. Like they're kind of their eggs are all in that basket. This point. It's going to be very difficult to see who makes sense. USC Matt Campbell is very funny to think about. That I, it's I, very funny. I don't Just know. the worst possible fit. <laughs> <laughs> what would that even look like? Great, you're Utah now. Uh, awesome. Congratulations yeah, yeah, on great, being you know, Utah. I mean, they should just hire Kalani Sataki, right? At this point, like you're not going to get anybody better than him if you don't get James Franklin. Sure. Um, next up here, staying in the SEC, Texas A&M at Missouri, noon on SEC Network. I so I think that the appeal here is that the potential letdown factor for Texas A&M, and also the mm-hmm. fact that it wasn't good until last week when it was suddenly very good. Uh, but I think I don't know if Missouri is is. I think Missouri might be too bad even for that. Like this Missouri defense, the Steve Wilkes defense, is among the worst I have ever seen at the Power Five level. It's so bad right now. Yeah, they're heinous. I mean, letting Boston College of all teams for that many points on you is just not what you want to see. Uh, <laughs> I think Missouri. I don't know, but can A and M like just score at all? Can they be consistent at all? It depends if you think Zach Calzada turned the corner against Bama, or if that was just kind of a fluke. Um, and it's hard to say. I don't know. I uh, I think you probably just feed Isaiah Stiller 30 carries and win the game by uh, 10 or 15 points. But uh, I don't see this looking very good for AM in terms of just impressing again. The easy cover for Mizzou. You guys classic. We beat Alabama. We got a noon Eastern start, 11 a.m. Uh, college station time. Get out of here. I'll take Mizzou first half. I'll take Mizzou with the points. Uh, yeah. I don't think Mizzou's good, but they do have a good quarterback. Uh, and I just think we're in for a letdown, classic letdown here. So I, w- I would like Mizzou to cover. UCF. That's at- an Ohio boy going down there to Missouri. That's another guy. Uh, he's good. He's going to get 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's going to get drafted. I mean, he's going to be like a third round pick, but nobody pays attention or cares. But <laughs> uh, the to NFL me, people uh, love him. To me, Connor Basilak is Jared Stidham 2.0, which is good enough to get drafted. Exactly. There you go. Uh, UCF at Cincinnati, also on noon on on ABC. I think Cincinnati's going to crush UCF here. UCF has almost lost to ECU and did lose to Navy in the last two weeks. This is a, a capable ECU program, but Navy, you might remember, was in a pretty bad spot going into that game, having just had its offensive coordinator fired by the AD and then rehired the same week as the quarterback's coach, and UCF <laughs> lost that game, which is probably not super uh, well reflecting on that program. I think Cincinnati's going to roll here. This is this is a really good team, and UCF just isn't It's a massacre. That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. UCF without their quarterback, their number one quarterback, their number one running back, and their number one wide receiver. Yeah. So yeah. That's, not, that's not a good call. <laughs> I, I think I think Sauce Gardner was leave these guys alive regardless, and now they have to do it with like a barely functional offense, and it's going to be. I mean, Gus Malzahn is just. Uh, I don't know, man. He's too much of an intellectual midget to figure this out. He, he's not that good of a coach. It's not going to work. 
Did you see? Yeah. Did, did you guys see the article today? I think it was an, it was like an SI article or something. But um, Sauce Gardner quote tweeted it because the article was like uh, UCF needs to attack Sauce Gardner, and he posted like, "Yeah, go ahead." <laughs> <laughs> please, please do that well, yeah i don't know man cincinnati is talking some shit this year i'm really enjoying it yeah um with uh i mean between that and the desmond ritter quotes about notre dame uh they are really feeling themselves i i really hope we get to see them in the playoff yeah first of all there's no chance we're gonna see them in the playoff because the playoff, come on no chance the playoff is a cartel you got are you that naive ryan to think that you know do you believe that the easter bunnies comes and leaves the whole thing <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> i'm not saying that I'm not saying that, but I think like if you have Arizona State as your Pac-12 champion, right? Like a you know, if you have Oklahoma drops a game between now, which they will because they're not that good. Uh, you know, you got the ACC is already done. I-, I could see a scenario where you have Cincinnati, the Big Ten champion, the SEC champion, and I mean, I don't know, man. If Bama loses again, like yeah. I think it's possible. You got two SEC teams in regardless, and then you got like Ohio State or Iowa or whoever you want to pick, and then you got Oklahoma. Now, or Oregon, assume if they were to win all their games. The problem you have is that when the, when the playoff rankings come out, Cincinnati's going to be like eighth. Like, I know, <laughs> we saw this movie before. UCF won 25 games in a row. Nobody yeah. cared. They didn't That's even true, but they didn't. Yeah. They didn't have rank. They didn't have multiple ranked wins. And Cincinnati, if they went out, should have three ranked wins over SMU twice in Notre Dame. I, I think, like, I don't know. It's not the easiest thing in the world to happen, but I do think there is a scenario where Cincinnati gets in the playoff if things break right in their favor, which has to include some help from the Big Twelve and Oregon losing again. These. These UCF injuries are the worst thing that could have happened to them. They needed UCF to come into this game undefeated, and then they needed to beat them. You know what I mean? Like, Well, Houston's just UCF now. I mean, Houston's winning more games than we thought. They're just replacing UCF's role in the conference. Yeah, I just don't think – but they don't have that, like, you know, UCF has the brand as the annoying fan base, <laughs> the annoying – like, of the team that everyone hates because their fans are so annoying. Like, they just don't have – they just don't have that. And I – you know – Sauce Gardner is amazing, but I, you know, Jalen Robinson's an NFL wide receiver. I would have loved to see those two go head to head because those two guys are NFL players. Now I don't know Dylan Gabriel is, is super short, but I mean, you talk about like we we were we were robbed of what should be an awesome game here, in my opinion. I like, know. And it's it stinks. I think UCF covers a twenty one though. I will say that. Don't worry, Oof, I, I'm, I'm not with you there. I'm sure that I'm sure Houston fans can get there if they're good for a couple of years. I, I'm I'm confident in Houston fans' abilities to be very annoying. Uh, Saturday afternoon, Staple Beer, Kentucky at Georgia, three thirty on CBS. I I'm of the opinion it's, that, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm yeah. of the opinion that Georgia's going to put up twenty four in the first quarter and then end the game. Just just sit on it because uh, that seems to be Georgia's mo. I I I I don't think that being a really good running team is necessarily a great strength to have against this Georgia group. And it just, this feels to me like the Arkansas game did. And and obviously I got that one wrong, but I think that this has a similar result where Georgia just kind of blows them out of the water. I don't think it matters who's playing quarterback for Georgia. I don't think it matters who the wide receivers are. Georgia has the best defense and the best running backs. And it's just going to continue to do this until it plays somebody who can score on it consistently. If you bet ten dollars to start of the season, every like you just put ten bucks in, right, on Georgia uh, to cover and the under every single week, and just kept reinvesting the winnings every single week, 
it would be like like buying a Bitcoin in 2012 at this point. Uh, <laughs> it's just the same game every single week. They're going to cover. The game's going to go under. Their opponent will score somewhere between 6 and 13 points. And uh, that's it. That's the game. It's, I don't know, Kentucky's going to get killed. Will, uh, or, yeah, Will Levis is going to uh, – he'll be out of the game by halftime. I mean, just the way he runs across the middle of the field, <laughs> those Georgia defensive linemen and linebackers are going to murder him. It's, it's going to be bad for him. Uh, you know what? Give me Kentucky. As <laughs> I continue to fade you guys. <laughs> Georgia is I – like, I, I like the foil role you're playing this yeah, week, buddy. Yeah. Georgia is awesome, though. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I was like, you know what? This may be the year they finally get over the hump. And then it was like, oh, Pickens is out. Washington's out. Uh, Eric Gilbert's out. Like, they have all these. JT Daniels is hurt. Like, I was like, oh, well, maybe not. They're probably going to lose to Clemson. And I just wish I would have stuck by my guns and, like, you know, tweeted out or put it on a podcast or a video that I said I thought that they were going to do it because (laughs) – I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have doubted them. I mean, their defensive line, you know, it's just, just amazing. Now Kentucky's right. Kentucky's offensive line is always underrated and Kentucky has a couple guys on defense that I think can make some plays. And Stetson Bennett, you remember, like we, we went, we saw this movie again last year where it was like, Oh, Stetson Bennett, the, the, it's a Disney movie, blah, blah, blah. And then the wheels came off you know, uh, when they played Alabama. So I do think that the right defense can get to Stetson Bennett and, and cause him to have some problems. So I don't know if that's Kentucky, but I'm at one of these games, George is going to have a scare. Uh, and I know Kentucky's the number 11 team in the country. So it's like, but it's a 23 point spread. That's, that's what I look at. I do think, I think Kentucky can keep it within that number, but I expect Georgia to win. Next up, the one your buddy says is pretty good, but he's probably lying and it sucks. BYU at Baylor, 3.30 on ESPN. BYU with a chance for a bounce back here after falling to Boise State in kind of a weird game last week where BYU was consistently yeah, consistently on, on Boise State's side of the field and just couldn't score. I don't think that happens here. I think that that, that was a more of a one-off than it was reflective. Uh, Baylor's offense is inconsistent. I like a lot of the pieces there, but it is inconsistent. I think BYU wins a, a close one here, but I do think BYU wins. I kind of just think about Baylor this year as like Michigan State without the press clippings a little bit, like in the <laughs> sense that uh, they are way ahead of what they thought they'd be after what Notch looked like for them under Dave Aranda. I just don't think they're actually good. But the way their schedule's played out so far early on, they could still very well go 8-4 and four and 9-3 and three this year. Uh, this is a really hard game for them. And I know BYU got Jaron Hall back last week with other pieces too. I think they're, he's probably was not 100% in last week's game. And their running backs, uh, LGers and I can't remember the other kid's name, uh, had a tough week of fumbles. Just that could not hold on to the ball whatsoever. I don't think that happens two weeks in a row. BYU just, if they protect the football, I think they win by a score or two. Hey, Baylor's won me a lot of money this season. The, the spread is a little high, six and a half. I mean, geez, that's a big number. Yeah. Uh, BYU, I, if BYU would have won last week, I, I had a they had a great case to be above Cincinnati in terms of uh, with their P five wins. Yeah, right? they're playing a Power Five schedule. You know, they're not they're not playing Navy or whoever. So um, they really let me down. Unfortunately, come on, you know the the. The Romney brothers, I, you know, they got their starting quarterback back. They were, they were, they were in a, a pretty nice groove there with the Romney to Romney connection. Um, 
I think I'm going to take uh, BYU to cover here, but uh, I think Baylor might win. I just Jerry Bohannon's pretty good, man. I think yeah. he he's he's really surprised me how well he's been playing. He, now, Woody, we should disclose you did used to be the CFO at Bain Capital, isn't that right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I made a joke like when because I forget who they played. Uh, oh, is it BYU like killed UCF? Then they at the end of last year, like a bowl game, then they were killing USF in a game this year, and I was like. You know, the Romneys are making up for the 08 election for when they lost Florida. <laughs> and it just like there was just just didn't. I mean, my followers, you know, you know, I love them all, but went flew right over their head. It did not get the kind of attention that deserved in the middle of that USF game when they were when they were killing them. They ended up USF ended up coming back and covering. But uh, but BYU shot out of the gate and was just was just destroying them. So yeah, no. You would no, say you would say the rivals' main board is not sending you their best. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I thought it was funny, but yeah, it didn't go over well. So, um, in the uh, in the interest of time here, I'm going to speed us through the weird beers. We're going to get into the evening. So if anybody has any thoughts on these, go ahead and stop me. But uh, Purdue at Iowa on ABC, Pitt at Virginia Tech on ESPN two. All I have to say is Kenny Pickett for Heisman. That's all. Keep going. <laughs> Shameful. Shameful <laughs> to see you 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 uh, you turn in in favor of Kenny Pickett here in in, ter- in favor of Big Kenny Pickett. Uh, he, he finally got to you. Uh, Kent State at Western Michigan. I do have a comment on this. I almost decided to go to this game, which is really a good sign for where my my mental uh, health is at. And then Fresno State at Wyoming, which I think Fresno State is going to roll in. Uh, any interest here in any of these games? Um, I'll watch Pitt Virginia Tech like flip in between these games. Oh. I'll probably check out a few minutes of Purdue and Iowa in case Iowa's offense looks as bad as it has been. But that's all I've got. Woody, any interest? I mean, I'll probably watch every single one of them to be honest with you. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a sad, it's a sad existence that I live. But I, I'm actually flying back from Iowa. I'm going to Iowa. I should have just gone to the game in retrospect. Let's go. Um, yeah. But uh, it's actually I have no I'm I'm a coastal elite so I have no idea the geography of any I don't even know where Iowa is on a map because uh, I grew up on the West Coast so like that we you know I, I flew over it so I didn't realize a how close uh, Iowa's campus is to Chicago I was like really what? I didn't know it was that close to Chicago yeah. <laughs> they, should, they should get more players from there I decided when looking at a map. Uh, they should have more players there first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. But th- there are two five stars at the same high school in Des Moines. Uh, mm. Technically, actually, Pleasant Hill, Iowa has two five stars on the same team. So Xavier Wonkpon. Um, who's the other one? What's who's uh, besides the Caden Proctor, who's a 2023 O lineman? So oh, the tackle. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm doing an I team investigation. I'm going there to see them for myself to determine are they real five stars or not. So. Uh, I'm going to go hang out with those guys. But yeah, I was like, I got to get back as soon as I can. But I, my flight's at noon. I get home at three. So I'm going to miss a lot of the noon games, unfortunately. But after that, I'll be dialed in for the rest of the day for sure. Saturday evening, Staple yeah. Beer, Ole Miss at Tennessee, 730 on SEC Network. Lane Kiffin's return home. Uh, they're doing the Checker Stadium, which I always really like. It seems like some people are mad about that, but I, I think it's cool. Um, Tennessee's offense has been 
really good the last couple of weeks. It was not good. Really, second, really good. Yeah, it yeah. was it was not good in the second half against South Carolina. But beyond that, um, the Missouri game was a blast to watch. That was one that I, I did on the the rewatch. And like Tennessee's offense looked really fast. I think Ole Miss is maybe going to humble them here a little bit. But I am I'm kind of intrigued with the not necessarily proof of concept, but the idea of what Josh Heupel is doing there. Um, and this would be, I mean, this is one of those where like, if he gets this win, everybody's going to start doing the stories that they did about Jeremy Pruitt in 20, like prior to the, uh, what was it the 2020 season where they're like, Oh my God, this guy's got it rolling. And then they play the next season. It's like, Oh, never mind. <laughs> he does not. In fact, don't you love, don't you love the absolutely just repetitive annual cycle where Tennessee like wins a few easy games against some like, you know, decent, but not really that good opponents. Uh, they take 27 commits uh, before like the fall even starts and they have a top three class in the country and everyone's like, Oh my God, Tennessee is it's, it's back. They're ready to go. I mean, we get the Texas back shit a lot, but Tennessee gets it all of the time. Same way to do it over and over and over. And they have 10 D commits every fall because they all pick better schools. And then they end up going six and six. It's every year. It's every year. I, well, I, they've, they've avoided that issue by not recruiting anyone. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's better. I, yeah, exactly. They are. Listen, Josh Heupel is a he is a really good offensive mind. Now, one of the problems that anyone will tell you from Missouri or UCF is that sometimes that offense, the Baylor offense, or whatever you want to call it they have a hard time closing out games or they'll get a big lead and then it's kind of momentum sort of stalls out. And next thing you know, they're going hurry up three and out and then you're punting and you're letting teams back in the game. And they blew last year a, a game to Tulsa where they were, I'm pretty sure it was like the biggest comeback in school history for Tulsa. Um, so, so I think that's one thing to remember about Tennessee that South Carolina was actually, you know, very good in the second half against them. That was good adjustments on their part. I think I tend to agree with you guys. I think we're in for the classic Vols fan humbling, unfortunately, uh, for them. I don't think their defense can hang with Ole Miss at all. And that's, you know, Jeremy Pruitt, defensive genius, didn't exactly leave the cupboard full there for the current staff. They've played really well. Their D-line looks way better. Rodney Garner, clear up the upgrade over Jeremy Pruitt, who fired the defensive line coach and then tried to coach it himself last year. Garner is an actual coach, so uh, you know he was very good there. But I just don't think they can hang with Ole Miss. I would, I would have Ole Miss first half, uh, whatever that is. And is the line really two and a half? Is that a real line? That's insane, right? Oh, to me, it's actually, I think I actually disagree with you. It's funny. I think the betting play is to take. I mean, Ole Miss, or I'm sorry, Tennessee rather has 67 first quarter points in its last three games uh, combined. I think the play is to take the Tennessee first half line and then live bet whatever the hell's going on. Uh, and whenever Ole Miss becomes a dog after like one Tennessee touchdown, uh, you live bet the Ole Miss line with everything you've got uh, and rake in the easy money as Tennessee falters the second half. Yeah, well, if if Tennessee is winning at halftime, hundred percent, I, I would jump on Ole Miss. I just think Ole Miss's offense is is awesome. I just I just don't think Tennessee has the horses right now to to keep up with it. But it'll be fun. That's gonna be a fun game to watch. Like, Tennessee's yeah. not boring anymore. I don't know if people have paid attention. All their games have been fun. I mean, the Pitt game was awesome. 
uh, even though they lost that game, probably not awesome for their fans, but you being a pit homer, Ryan, I'm sure you were glued. <laughs> and, uh, and even last week's game was, was relatively fun. The Missouri game, they put up a ton of points. So they have, they're fun now. Like if, if you're a fan base like Tennessee, who, you know, thinks you're college football royalty and you haven't been for a while, at least now you can go to a game and be like, Hey, we can have fun at a game. Like we're going to score. Yeah, you're watchable. Right. Like they are a very watchable team. Like, you know, I, I think their fans sort of deserve it because they've just been, they've just been so bad. Like Jeremy Pruitt was just an awful hire from the second he was hired. You know, anyone, a lot of people knew it. A lot of people didn't speak up due to the aforementioned agent connections that I mentioned before. <laughs> um, but like, you know, when a guy gets up there and says, I was a kindergarten teacher 10 years ago, it's like, you should say something you should be bragging about. dude. <laughs> like, you know, I'm sorry. That shouldn't be, that wouldn't be on my resume. Guess what? I sold credit card machines in college. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to tell people <laughs> that when I get an immediate job. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so anyway, fun game. I say this is a, I don't know what the, I don't drink beer, so I don't know what, you, you know, I don't really I'm so confused at the beer scale, but yeah, yeah. it's fine. No, we are too. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Martinelli's. This is a cold Martinelli's apple cider on Thanksgiving mm. day, whatever you want to say. Let's go. I'm, I'll be glued to that. I'll be glued to that game. It's going to be fun to watch. This, for- this is the most watchable game of the day. Yeah. I, I think it's fair to say this is yeah. going to be the one that's actually is the most entertaining. As long as Tennessee holds up a tenth of the bargain and doesn't absolutely shit the bed. Uh, it's the most entertaining game today. Matt, fun, but, fun place to see a night game too, like a good, good TV environment. I'm surprised that they didn't put this on a on a bigger channel than SEC Network. But like, I, I yeah, I, very bizarre. Yeah, this is this is good TV if nothing else. Is you know, night game at Tennessee. You've got the Lane Kiffin storyline. Um, I'm I'm excited for this one. I do think it's very funny from hearing you guys talk about this that it seems like Tennessee has made the exact perfect hire for what its fan base was mad about, which is it went out and got an excitable, you know, offense first coach and also somebody who won't over recruit because he doesn't recruit at all. Uh, and so I, I think that that's a, <laughs> it's a fun way to try and patch up those, those, uh, those issues that they had is like, well, we'll just do the exact opposite. We'll get somebody who doesn't recruit even a little bit and scores 80 points a game. It's like, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, it's like when Nebraska hired Mike Riley just because Polini <laughs> was such a jerk. And yeah. it was like, Mike Riley's like Mr. Rogers, the nicest dude on the earth. <laughs> and it was like the main reason they hired him. Obviously, Tennessee's hoping it works out a little better, but it's like, that's the same rationale. It's like, you have one of these hard-nosed drill sergeant types. You want to bring in someone who's nice and personable or whatever. So, yeah, that, that, that I think that was totally the strategy for the Vols. Right, and it's like, you know, uh, Steve Sharkeesian and Tom Herman, two exactly opposite guys, two guys who love to get drunk. One of them loves city bars, one doesn't. So, I mean, I think Texas is the same exact thing, right? They just flipped the, flipped the script there. <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> uh, but we should fly through the rest of our games. There's quick hitters here. Uh, in the, the rest of the evening slot, we've got NC State at Boston College, 730 ACC Network. We've got Iowa State at Kansas State, 730 ESPN2. TCU in Oklahoma, 7.30 on ABC. Bama, Mississippi State, 7 p.m. on ESPN. And UCLA at Washington at 8.30 on Fox. You guys have any thoughts or comments on these games? Uh, Chip better not lose this one. Chip really, really should not lose this one. If he, <laughs> if, if he wants to know what's good for his program, he should not lose this one. I agree. 
Uh, Boston College is going to get steamrolled, and it's because uh, that's they right. lost the jerking off magic. Phil Jerkovic's hurt. That's right. You know they don't, uh, they don't have Tim they don't Beck. Have they don't have Tim Beck to hold them down on offense. <laughs> is uh, Tim Beck still coaching? He's is the he still NC State offensive coordinator, baby. Yeah, we we ride oh, we ride for Tim Beck now because he's he's good apparently. <laughs> yeah, he's you, the you man who tell, beats You can tell how much recruits are mentioning his name just based <laughs> on my knowledge. That, that sounds like Tim Beck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although you know, like that's how I know where most coaches are because kids will say, you know, hey, I know this guy at this place. But it was funny. I was out in Washington. So my brain was a little off and I was watching uh, Jaden Wayne, who's supposed to be like the next Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, that's what people are saying. So I went to go see him and his quarterback's also like a 2023 four star. And I was just in like Pac-12 mode and he was like, you know, uh, Kendall Bryles is really telling me this, this and this. And I completely blanked. I had no idea where Kendall Bryles is. Now he's the OC (laughs) at Arkansas. But like it just didn't click. I'm I'm in Tacoma, Washington. Like I was like, does Kendall Bryles is he the OC at Washington State now or something? Like I thought he was like on a bigger trajectory than that. But uh, anyway, it just shows that like that's how my brain works. I only know where guys are based on recruits uh, talking about them. So yeah, I wouldn't say uh, old coaches uh, heavily involved with the targets I've talked to from NC State. That what you, just right. to get you off on one last tangent, uh, you know, uh, speaking of of recruits talking about assistance, how is T-Rob doing in the NIL era? How's that going for him? You know, look, I like T-Rob. I think he's a really good coach. You know, Oh, I agree, at, yeah. <laughs> go, go look at his resume. Miami's having all types of problems. I mean, Miami – their fans are they're 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 basically like Tennessee fans out. They're just miserable, and they have every right to be. It's like somehow there's a disconnect between Miami's administration, the president, and stuff like that, and what like what they think Miami is, and what the fans of the school think the athletic department should be. I mean, Miami, Miami should have a campus, maybe not on a stadium. I mean, maybe not on campus. But I mean, not really far away. Look at their games. The, the crowd is empty no matter which game it is. Like they can't fill the stadium. It's so far from campus. When they were rocking, this one thing that people forget, they were playing in the Orange Bowl, you know, which is like down or was downtown Miami doesn't exist anymore. They weren't playing in Miami Gardens. Like that stadium's nice. It hosts Super Bowls, but it's way out there and there's nothing around. Like, and the, the administration yeah, Pitt has the same problem. They don't, Pitt, Pitt has like buses for their kids to go to games, which is like a 15 minute drive away from, from campus. It's no one goes. It's terrible for attendance. Right. It's just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't like, I, and I didn't have like a, you know, when I was in school at UCF, they played in the Citrus Bowl for most of the time. I think my last two years, they built an on campus stadium. But even if they did that, like F, FAU has an on-campus stadium and Miami doesn't like think about that like Miami would be better if they had like a tinder or a tinker toy stadium like at FAU or or (laughs) even UCF which is like when you go to UCF stadium they built it like hey look we're gonna do this on the cheap we need this stadium we just need a building that can hold fans I mean they have metal bleachers like a big high school stadium but it's still like their stadium's awesome. They call it the bounce house because the press box sways back and forth because you're like not all the way secure in classic Florida, Florida 
fashion. You know what I mean? That's like right. that's, why they call, that's why it has that nickname because you're in the press box and you are moving. Like you're like, oh my gosh, this is does not feel safe. But uh, Miami would be better off of that. So T Rob is kind of handcuffed. I'm telling you, like Miami's class. They just lost a commit the other day from a four star DB. And their class now is, I mean, it's, it's not pretty. I remember looking at the commitment list. Hold on, I'll pull it up. Um, and, I mean, they were, like, they're really hoping to get Shamar Stewart, too, which is, I mean, he's an absolute freak. And that is uh, not looking too great at this point. I know they're still, like, the favorite, according to some people. But I can't imagine if Manny's gone, they're going to pull him in. Yeah, they're number 54. They have eight commits. Signing days in two Oof. months, they have eight commits. I mean, you know, what are we, what are we doing here? I just don't get the... You know, uh, Manny Diaz, one-time sports writer, so I should, <laughs> you know, I should, I should support him like I do Joe Moorhead. But uh, something is just like the it factor is not there. Like I just something's missing for me from talking to him or whatever. It's just like you know, Ryan, you can attest to this. Sometimes you talk to a football coach and you're actually talking to like a person. You know, you'll be like. Oh man, can you believe this? Uh, what about this restaurant? How's your family doing? Blah blah blah. And, so, <laughs> and some football coaches, you talk to me like, "Hey, how's it going?" They're like, you know, just trying to find the best young men for our football program. You know. Like, oh you know, my like, god, it's disgusting. It's truly like you were talking to like a robot or some like you know wind up toy that has the. Uh, have you ever seen? Um, oh god, what's the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he's on Mars? You know what I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, Total Recall. Oh man, it's it's. Total Recall, thank yeah. you. Yeah, and there's like these automated cab drivers where like you hop in the car and it's like a real robot up front. It just has these automatic responses uh, when you get in the cab. And uh, he's like ranting about an international conspiracy. And the cab driver's like, which corner is that? And that's what I always want to think of whenever I'm talking to a football <laughs> coach who's telling me about, about how his defense is just ready to get after the football and make game tackles and just fly to the ball. Uh, right. It's, it, it, it's like, you know, dude, look, we're standing in, we're standing in Macon, Georgia, you know, there's 20 <laughs> people in the stands. Like, can we talk about something else? Like can we joke around and have a good time. Like it's just for, for me that like, that always uh, throws me off. And, and Manny came to one of our camps and I think his son was in it or something, which I don't know if people know, but if football coaches, get their uh if their kid is in a camp or a relative or something they can come and watch so a lot of coaches will will you know effort to get their kid into a camp so they can come watch even if they might not be the best prospects i mean jimbo fisher his kid you know is five foot four and i <laughs> went to i mean he was at, he was everywhere you know what i mean i remember him being like he was on like you know, pro impact, the seven on seven team with like all five stars, you know, Mac, Mac Jones and Sean Wade's uh, uh, seven on seven team. So, uh, but Manny came to one of yeah, our Jim, camps. Jimbo gave those coaches a few thousand reasons to let him on the team, I'm sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but what's funny is Jimbo, like if you didn't know who he was, you just think he was a classic dad because he'd have one of those like foldable lawn chair things and he'd sit there with his arms crossed and, like, his legs crossed and all he was missing was like a beer like he seriously just looked like a normal dad out there but anyway just telling, Matt, just telling every parent at the camp about how he's going to beat nick saban's ass this year he was right. wanted a new shot he was letting him know <laughs> but like but manny came to one and like i i think it was rob that went over and talked to him and he was like 
uh, I was like, oh, what do you have to say? And he was like, you know, nothing. He was a football robot person, you know? So um, I just didn't get, and I saw him, I actually saw Manny at a Super Bowl party and we were trying to like line up our signing day show. And he was there with his son and it was like an Adidas party. And him and his son just kind of stood there and I, I went and talked to him. And I was like, hey, Manny, what's up? You going to come on the show? And he was like, yes, please ask SID, you know, <laughs> like, and, then, <laughs> and then that was it. You know, I was like, hey, dude, we're at a party. You know what I mean? Like, and we're at a party where like in Miami, where Manny Diaz isn't even in the top 20 people of famous people there, you know, um, but no, definitely just no. No cachet on that front for me. Doesn't mean he's not a good football mind or whatever, but I just think something's missing. And I, uh, unfortunately for Miami fans, I just kind of think like it's you know it's just like Tennessee syndrome. It's it's Al Golden, it's Randy Shannon, it's uh, you know Mark Rick the return when he's past his prime. It's it's Manny. You know what I mean? It's just like I honestly think that they deserve like to have a decent team, but you know you can't have. You can't be bad on the field, and I know they're playing a lot of young guys, but then you can't you can't be bad on the field and then have eight commits two months from signing day. Signing day is two months away. You guys realize that? Oh God, <laughs> two months away, miserable. December fifteenth. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I hate to hear that. Well, <laughs> it, I I don't know. I've got some thoughts about it. We will probably uh, we'll try to get you. Maybe after the February, the second side of the day, I might try to get you back on and go through some stuff once kind of your craziness dies down the day of work. Uh, I'd love to get some thoughts from you in the future. But uh, yeah. What you, our, guys, uh, what you guys should. Oh, go ahead. Let me interrupt you, Ryan. I know you guys are trying to end this go show. Ahead, I said it'd be off an hour ago. <laughs> um, what you guys should do is just do like some of these other podcasts that don't follow recruiting and just read off names. I know that's super entertaining. I cannot believe I my mind is blown when you have the most popular college football podcasts. They completely ignore recruiting and they have, you know, Bud Elliott comes on maybe because that's the guy that everybody knows. I like Bud's my friend, so I'm not taking a shot at Bud. No, but, we like Bud too. Yeah, you're good. But, but <laughs> Get a little nugget. I took the profile picture Bud has on Twitter. I took, uh, yeah. so you know that just showed. I'm just stunting on my photography skills. Yeah. But like, they'll be like, "Oh, let's look at Clemson. They were able to land DJ, the uh, the five star DJ. I can't say his last name. <laughs> Bill Shipley. He was also big. Phil Moffa. He was good. They also got Justin Ross. He's a guy they wanted." And they just go team by team. And I'm like, you guys, like, you don't have to talk about it. Like, you know, A, you can just not talk about it at all. Or B, you can have on like an engaging guest, uh, you know, to, to talk about as well. But it's like every major media person knows like one recruiting person and then they lean on them for right. information. And then that's, they take that as face value when we move on. Um, so like, you guys it's also almost more just... embarrassing. It's also yeah, it's almost more embarrassing when their entire coverage too is just like, wow, look at this funny name in Auburn's class. Oh, how about this guy? His name is Stoke yep. Monday. Yeah. <laughs> when does well, when does the I mean the funny name thing has jumped the shark for me because the I don't have a problem with a funny name. Okay, Kobe Beef Eater or whatever, which by the yeah, way, it's funny. It's you funny. know yeah. <laughs> some potential problematic thing with just making fun of the name of, you know a native american person and because that's what his name is you know what i mean but number two 
the funny name thing only counts if it's his actual name. My name is Woody Womack. That's my name. So if you want to make fun of me, that's fine. Woody is not a nickname. You can't just say, oh, yeah, it's Kool-Aid McKinstry. Well, that's not his name. That's his that's a nickname. <laughs> Smoke, Smoke Monday changed his first and last name from the time he was a recruit to the time he was on Auburn. Like it's not it doesn't count as a cool, funny name if it's a nickname. You know, it's like, oh, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I almost said a, I almost said a, something to make fun of you, Ryan. But it's like, it, you know you can't just turn your name into a pun and then be like, Oh yeah, that's his name. It's hilarious. Like I, I, I do think it's odd that all these. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going by Dirk Diggler Donnelly now the rest of the time in my media uh, career. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, Juju Smith Schuster, do you know what his name was as a recruit? Do you guys, do you guys John know? Smith. Yeah. <laughs> John Smith. And, and you know, he changed his Juju was what people called him at that time though, but he didn't, he didn't say, hey, I want my recruiting profile to say Juju. You know, like there's a lot of kids from Louisiana that have really cool nicknames as recruits. But, you know, we're not like 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 Kelvin Joseph. Every single person that I ever met called Kelvin Joseph fat. And he wasn't fat either, which is sort of odd. I kind of was like, you know, that's a little bit of appropriation. But uh, <laughs> like that, you're going to be like, oh, look, it's, you know, it's fat Joseph. Now, now, if Kelvin Joseph were in college, I think that's what the roster would say. And then, oh, the Athletic would do an article about it and say, "Hey, we don't do clickbait journalism. Here's a list of ten funny names." You know, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Like it's true. You guys know it's true. Audience, you know it's true. I, hey, I'm a subscriber to the Athletic too. Even though I probably don't have the app installed on my on my phone, but I I listen, <laughs> I, I listen to the podcast and fast forward to the commercials, even though I think I pay to to skip the commercials, which is that's right. That's the way we do it because no one's gonna actually go listen to a native app uh, for anything. It's just not possible to do. Yeah, but <laughs> they, they had no. They, they had a good thing going where you had to have the native app to get a second episode a week. Do you remember that? I do remember that because uh, a friend of the show, Bill Landis, uh, has the four to six A and B podcast, and it used to be the second episode on the native app. And I don't think they do that anymore. I think it's just two a week free now, right? Yeah, that was like pre-pandemic. Now they're just heavy on ads. I think they thought that it would drive subscriptions, which I always tell people. You know, I work in a subscription-based business. Uh, podcasts and YouTube videos—that's icing on the cake. You know what I mean? What drives subscriptions is real reporting and news breaking. You know. Um, and inside information, especially in a lower tier, uh, uh, you know, a non-true journalism entity like Rivals, where we have fan sites and stuff like that. F people want to know inside information, you know, like they don't want to, they're not going to pay a subscription to watch YouTube videos or listen to podcasts that, that helps build your brand and everything. But in my opinion, that's not the, that's not the meat and potatoes, if that makes sense. No, it's, it's uh, the hook maybe. that draws the money. Yeah, yeah I got what you're saying. It's the hook for that buys the, the subscriptions I, for the real coverage. <laughs> right. And the, the reason I subscribe to The Athletic is because I want to support journalism, you know? So that's why I do it. And I, I would hope that, that they don't all share one password and look on Rivals to take information <laughs> and then use other people's <laughs> rankings and when they do so. <laughs> I mean, that's just... That's just that's just my opinion on the name thing, and I know I got on a tangent on the other stuff, but like, you know, I I think it's important to support the 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 brands that are the people in your industry. The same reason I have, 
you know, subscription. I don't use like people who brag about being cord cutters and then they're like, yeah, I have my mom's cable login. It's like, no, you're not a cord cutter. You're, <laughs> you're just a mooch. Right. Like, so, yeah, so I, like, I definitely do not do that for sure. Definitely that's not me you're describing right now. Well, look, if you're in college, if you're taking your girlfriend to White Castle on dates and stuff like that, then go ahead and use someone else's password. But if you're a grown up and you have a job, you should support the art and things like that that you I, I do agree with you to a certain extent, but I think that stealing from the cable company is perfectly fine. I, I, do, I do support stealing from the cable company, uh, but I do think that uh, <laughs> stealing from, you know, my, my friends that sports journalism on a smaller level, uh, I would not do. And I'm forced to still pay for my rival subscription and my athletic subscription. And uh, I think even a 24 7 sports subscription still, sorry to tell you. Uh, but <laughs> well, look, I pay well, for that too. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> I pay for it all. So, like, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, living in my mansion over here, but it's like, you know, money bags, Walmart. I want people to have jobs. I don't want people to be out of jobs. You know what I mean? Like, I want journalism people to have jobs. That's why I just had to pay. Do you know, by the way, do you guys know how, I was saving this for my podcast? So I'm not going to go too in depth on it. Do you know how much obituaries cost to put in newspapers these days? No clue. I, I just paid upwards of $300 for like, four or five inches of, uh, to, to go into like journalism talk. Did, I, did, I had no idea that's, and I don't know if that's how much they've always cost. Do they cost more? I feel like they should cost less considering less people are probably reading the physical newspaper, but um, it's hundreds and hundreds of dollars for, for obituaries now. Who knew? The, the, the it's it's also yeah, so. I I don't work at a newspaper that runs obituaries, but I do work at a newspaper, and it's like we're not exactly overflowing with content. I feel like you would need, you know the fill the space wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Well, I I kind of wondered. I was like, would it be cheaper for me to take out like a quarter page ad? Because like I think in my opinion, I think like a we're not talking we're not talking the New York Times here. We're talking small town paper. Like a weekly small town paper costs me two hundred. Yeah. Uh, and then the daily small town paper cost me two ninety, so that's four hundred ninety dollars for for the same obituary to run in two different papers. So, Man. Patrick, I think you guys should start running obituaries for like you know <laughs> Master Chief starting job yeah. uh, or things of that nature. Pat, <laughs> wait, <laughs> Patrick, which paper do you work at? Uh, I write for Buckeye Sports Bulletin in in Columbus. It's an independent Ohio State paper. Oh wow. You guys should run obituaries in there. Why not? Yeah, we might as well. We are, listen, we are, <laughs> as I said, not overflowing in content. No, you should, look, I'm giving you a business idea to okay. Buckeye, whatever it's called that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> you should run sports-themed obituaries. Okay, someone dies, a big Ohio State fan, Yeah, and you say, oh, you know, Woody Womack passed away at age, you know, 102. He attended the 1994 Rose Bowl between, instead of doing like jobs and family and stuff, sure, you could be like, boom, he was a fan of the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, <laughs> he, he attended, you know, he attended the 94 Rose Bowl, Oregon, Penn State, Kajana Carter, 86-yard touchdown on the first play of the game, ran Let's over go. Herman O'Berry. <laughs> And then you just go through the line. You oh, yeah. he once met Clyde Drexler and got his autograph. Like I'm telling you, I, I don't think it's the worst idea. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm saving journalism, but <laughs> you're getting close. <laughs> you're getting close to it, I think, for sure. Listen, Wait. I'm known as the idea man at yeah. rivals internally. <laughs> well, uh, well, Woody. Speaking of uh, speaking of business ideas, do you have anything you want to plug here at the end of the show? 
Uh, not really. Well, my podcast is called Commitment Issues. Uh, it's inconsistent. I've been out the last couple of weeks because of the aforementioned obituary situation that was tied to someone dying. Uh, that's how it works when you, when you end up buying obituaries. I Sorry, should be back in the. Yeah, that's okay. Well, that's a whole nother. I, actually, I'm going to talk about that topic. So I, if you guys want to hear me complain about uh, obituaries, the whole death process, I'm going to take you behind the scene. A lot of people don't like to talk about it, but I'll take you inside. In addition to my college football takes, which I fired off so many hot takes on here. Um, it's a friendly, it's a friendly place for it. Right. So that you can find that on Spotify or uh Apple Podcasts, or also on YouTube, we put the video on. I tweet out some clips and everything if I'm if I'm feeling in the mood. And then you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Rivals Woody. Um, not, I'm not look. I'm not going to give you a ton of hardcore news all the time because I have to. I run the Rivals Twitter account as well uh, for the most part, so I put out a lot of stuff through there. Um, but you know, I love to watch the NBA. You're going to get some NBA takes. <laughs> You're going to get me making fun of other media members as. Uh, <laughs> as we've heard on this, <laughs> this show. <laughs> look, I hope other, I know other media members make fun of me. So look, it's okay. We can joke around and have a good time. You know, I'm Italian. Um, so. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It explains my love for pizza rolls. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be able to bust balls. If you're an Italian person, you gotta be able to take it. Uh, my poor sister, she made some sauce when I was there. Uh, when I was there last week and boy, she just, I mean, she never, I thought she, well, first of all, you know, upsetting times per the death I mentioned, but that didn't slow me down from roasting my sister for how bad this sauce was that she made. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to talk about that on my podcast. So I have guests on all the time. I'm on with, you know, I, I used to have regular co-hosts and stuff. Now I kind of got a rotating cast of characters. I got some pseudo reality TV celebrities or whatever. Ryan's been on before, uh, you know, so uh, it's a, I feel like it's a good lesson. If you don't take a good lesson, I subscribe, subscribe to the pod. Yes. Yeah, right. If you don't take <laughs> football that seriously, then it's fun. Like now we've gotten some bad reviews. Like, These guys think they're comedians. This is, you know, it's like, okay, well, if you want to hear, hear you know somebody break down the three four or cover two or why cover zero is ineffective it's the wrong podcast for you but if you want to hear about you know look i got a lot of thoughts on lincoln riley uh which you guys didn't bring up this week uh which i might save for my show and stuff like that so uh, i will gladly uh accept all listeners i just got to get i just i've been out i was back i was doing the podcast again i had some editorial freedom after you know, being muzzled in the past, and now uh, I'm back. So please follow me. Please listen to the podcast. I, I honestly, guys, I have no idea how many people listen to your podcast. So it, it could, could like it could be any number. We don't right, know either. So. It could be any number. <laughs> so, and there's no way they made it this far unless you did some heavy editing. So uh, <laughs> anyway, that's where you can find it. That doesn't sound yeah, like so, us. So dedicated to the to the five or six guys that always uh, will, you know, the only people that laugh at our jokes in this podcast and will tweet about it. Uh, please, you know, let us know if you've made it this far in the podcast. Uh, if you don't tweet at us, we will assume you've all abandoned us and skip the rest of it. Yeah. But regardless, follow him on Twitter at Roby, Rivals Woody. Uh, listen to equipment issues. Follow Patrick at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. Do not follow me on Twitter. I have enough followers. I've, I've had plenty. Uh, <laughs> and we will uh, we will see you guys next week in review. Thanks again, Woody, so much for coming on. And 
we'll make sure to give you a shout once it's published. All right. Appreciate it, guys.